the 17th chapter, 1 Samuel. Thank you for your living for God and supporting God's work with your time and coming. Your coming is not in vain. You are obedient to Scripture. It said, not forsaken the assembling together as the man of some is. Let me say to you folks here, I've been to college and I've seen people didn't show up for training and learning and they flunk. They didn't pass. And they're the ones that are begging bread. I'm going to ask you also, video players and audiovisual, get the parents' permission. And I want these evening services from these young men on Facebook. Ooh. Video, and they can hear it too. Play it. Thank you. And I want the rest of you to tell your friends to listen to them. They may not hear, listen to me, but I'm listening to our young men speaking from the Word of God. And they're not causing world problems. They're causing blessings upon people's lives. Amen. Amen. Make sure you kids at school know what you're doing. Come tune in and listen to your preach. Don't be ashamed. So listen to me preach. I want to preach. I want to preach to my young people at school. And let them hear the message from the Lord. All right? All right. Acts chapter 17. I mean, 1 Samuel 17. In verse 1. In fact, verse 4, to redeem the time. I think I need to read from verse 2 to verse 4, and then verse 16. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side and there was valley between them and there was valley between them now the rest of the story said Goliath stepped forward with a challenge and says hey guys armies you don't need to fight let the champs comes out and fight and the winner takes all winner takes all and the Philistines drew near Verse 16, morning and evening, and presented himself 40 days. 40 mean testing. It was 40 days that Jesus Christ stayed with the apostles to confirm that they would not preach another gospel, but preach the truth. And then, amen, uh, he went away. And they stayed till the 50th day, and something happened. What happened? The Holy Ghost came. Pentecost came 10 days later, and we know the church got started. Lord, bless this time, we pray. I want you to speak to us, God. I want you to direct our steps. I want you to lead us in all truth. Let's leave here better than we came. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Be seated. And my title is Overcoming the Giants in Your Valley. The Giants in Your Valley. And I want to say to these young men, you must have been praying because you're on tune. You're in tune. And that is awesome. I like to know that you're in tune. And that's what I need divine confirmation that you're following God. Amen. Word, that means you're living a life dedication to the Word of God. But Israel in Egypt, 400 years. They almost got used to bondage. Don't ever get used to enslavement. Don't let the abnormal become normal in your life. Some things can get better than they are. And you deserve a whole lot better than being slaves. You can become saints and no longer become a slave. And so they were enslaved to making bricks and with mortar and hay. And they become accustomed to whiplash. Don't become accustomed to persecution. Don't become accustomed 
through hard times. Better days are ahead. You just need a Savior. And a good news from a far country that you can live a whole lot better than the way you're living. And the Bible said when Moses tried to redeem Israel, first and foremost, that they rejected the call for liberty. Friend, do not miss an opportunity to break free. Freedom come, take it. If you get a chance to be free from your addiction, accept it. Do not allow it to become your boss. It may start out as your boss, but don't die that way. And they rejected him. <coughs> so he left them, and then God recommissioned him and said, Go back and give them a second offer. And this time said, God sent me to tell you this. And they said, What's his name? <laughs> and he said, I am that I am. Well, that's a strange name. But I want you to know, Israel could not deliver herself in Egypt. And friend, your positive mental attitude will not be your solution to your addiction or your problems. If you could, you would. No doubt you should. But you're not able to. Otherwise you would have. You need a Savior. You need a lifter of your head. You need somebody to release you from bondage and the struggle that you're going through. And so, Jesus, amen, let's know that Israel was in Egypt, and they were there for a protracted time. And then Moses said, you can be free. Can you imagine freedom? Can you imagine yourself? Just have a vision right now of you being free from the tussle and the wrestle and the struggle and the bondage that you're going through. Can you imagine yourself being debt-free, distress-free, discontent-free? I mean, totally liberated. You ought to imagine it sometime. You ought to think about it sometime. It is possible that you can be free. Freedom may not be free, but doesn't mean you can't afford it. If you can get it, grab it and run with it. Now, God knows Israel can't deliver herself because Pharaoh was too uh, strong a task for them. And so, but the Bible tells that Pharaoh was afraid of them. Do you know that? Pharaoh feared Israel, and so they're a mighty people. They just didn't know it. They didn't know the strength they have. You know, the animals in Fort McMurray, they realized how strong they were. They were reclaimed the property we stole from them. The bears just don't know how strong they are. But the bear culture start marching down the Amen Franklin Avenue and start knocking things over, friend. You got to give way to them. <laughs> and then the buffaloes start coming. <laughs> and the deers <laughs> and the muskrats, they said, start coming out of their habitat and realize how strong they are, more stronger than human beings. But we outsmart them. And we carry a scent that is terrible. You think. You think a skunk is a stenchy? To a bear, you carry a foul smell. And that foul smell is your defense. Thank God you don't smell sweet. Because if you did, it would eat you up. And oh, but the Lord, when they smell a human being, it's a foul smell. And it makes them run. I mean, knew that. You guys didn't know that? That's right. When they smell you, it's like you smell a skunk. They say, my God, there's a human two-legged skunk coming. And they run. Don't contaminate us. And they run from that smell. And that's the normal way to go. But that's our protection that God put in them. Because they can overpower us, overrun us. But God knows that Israel can't deal with that struggle. And God fought for Israel with ten distinct, amen, uh, plagues, and brought them out of bondage. There's a time in your life when God fights for you. That's why backsliding is not good. Because when you're backsliding, you've got to fight your way back. When He first delivers you, He fights you and brings you in. But when you try to get your way back to God, it's harder than the beginning. Because He's not going to fight for you. But he, when you first come to God, He fights for you. But the next time around, you fight for yourself. 
I give an example. Moses broke the Ten Commandments, and first time God gave it to him. God hew it out. Next time he said, Moses, you hew it out, and then you write it. <laughs> the first time I did it, you destroy it. Now, you do it. And by the way, be finished by the morning. God says, man, be finished by the morning, because I'm in a hurry here. Now, and so God brought Israel out of Egypt. Now, when Israel came to Egypt, it was a struggle, folks. It was a struggle coming out of Egypt. When you're coming out of your bondage and your addiction and your problem and your crisis, it is a struggle. And sometimes the struggle seemed worse than freedom. And it seemed like I might as well stick with the struggle, I mean, with, with the bondage and go through the struggle and go on the other side. But between freedom and bondage is a struggle. I don't think you heard me. Between liberty and bondage is wrestling. It's a struggle. And most people that were in bondage give up because of the struggle. They don't want to go through the struggle. And they feel they can get by without a struggle. And friend, if it's freedom, it's not going to be free. The caterpillar discovered that nobody's helping him with a cocoon being split artificially. You're going to damage a butterfly freedom to fly. If there is no struggle, it means you're in bondage still. When you're in bondage, there is no struggle but submission. It's not the will of God that you submit to your giant. It's not the will of God that your giant intimidates you. You need a revelation it's a fight because the giant is not going to leave voluntarily. The giant is not going to let you go without a fight. If you don't plan to fight in the struggle, you're going to stay in bondage the rest of your life. And so Pharaoh said, stay here or go out there and have a battle. Got to convince them to go. <laughs> Amen. And when they left Egypt, the Bible said, here they were in Egypt on one side and Mount Sinai on the other side. And there's a, a river to pass or a Red Sea. And friend, if you don't want to go through the Red Sea too bad, they're going to kill you still. Just running alone is not enough. You have to cross over. There must come a time when you leave the valley. And the first thing God did with Israel was take her into a valley. And baptize her. Well, I don't want to go through my valley. Then you won't be baptized, honey. Because God may baptize you with fire. Hello. <laughs> and so, they said, I don't want to go through the Red Sea. Then they're going to eat you up. In other words, I don't want to go through the struggle. If you don't go through the struggle, you'll never be a winner. You have to go through the struggle and overcome and get on the other side. Praise God. Now, God is going to help you in the struggle. Amen. God's going to help you in the fight and the battle. But you must be willing to go forward. Don't look behind you. Look forward. Because all you see forward is promised land of freedom. Behind you is bondage. Don't ever say, I want to go back. The struggle is normal. You have to have struggle to get freedom. And, Paul, and Peter said, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials that come to try you. Why? Because you're not in bondage anymore. When God said, Bishop, I'm having a problem. What's wrong, sir? He said, well, I'm having a struggle. I'm going through hell. He said, look, man, don't stop. Keep on walking. <laughs> Keep on walking. Don't stop. Because the you stop, you're in trouble. I'm going through it. That's okay. No problem. No sin. Going through hell. But if you stop, you're hell tenant. Now, here is Israel. She comes to the Red Sea, through the valley, successfully. And, my friend, they're not yet in the promised land. And separating Israel from liberty and freedom is a place called the wilderness. Now, the wilderness is a place where things don't grow. Amen. Joy was shouted a day before today. Needs arise. And Israel forgot that she came through okay to this point. There are levels in your living experience with God. Every step of your journey, 
There is a struggle. You never get to the next level without a struggle. There's always a fight. And you must be an overcomer. So they come in the wilderness and they got problems. And the first thing they said, let's go back because of the struggle. But I said, God said struggle was given to prove you, to test you. Because down the road, He promised to make them kings and priests. And God didn't want to lay hands on you without knowing what's in your heart. It takes struggle. It takes a strife. It takes persecution. It takes problems to reveal what kind of character you really are. And so Israel didn't want to go through it. And a whole bunch of said, Would to God we die in the struggle and die in the wilderness. That's what they did. They died in the wilderness. Their carcasses stayed right there. Now, what's wrong with Israel? Israel did not want the struggle. Israel did not want the fight. She just wanted God to do everything easy. No, friend, salvation is a struggle. Salvation is a fight. Satan will never let you get from here to there without a struggle. He's a blocker. He's a spoiler. His job is to overthrow your faith. His job is to trip you up. And you've got to put on the old armor of God and make it pretty in mind. I'm in a fight for life. I'm in a fight for success. And if you don't fight for your opportunity, you're going to lose it, my friend, because you don't want to put up with the fight. But you've got to fight to get on the other side. Now, they come to Mount Sinai, and God blessed them. And God said, now, you're not too far from the promised land. It's time to go to the promised land. And they said, well, okay, God. But while we're going over there, what are we going to face going there? He says, let's go. One guy said, let's go check it out first. And you know something, church? It's best not to check nothing out. Let surprise come and fight you deal with it then. When I was in my first trip to Africa, and I told those guys, don't tell me what's going to happen. Let me deal with it as they come. I don't want you to affect my heart. I don't want you to make me timid and afraid. I don't want you to destroy my boldness and my courage because I'm going gung-ho, naive, and full of faith, and think everything can happen. Let it be that way. That's why parents never tell their kids when they're broke, unemployed, have no money, have no food. They still act like everything is all right. Go play game ball, have fun. <laughs> I go cry in secret. Hallelujah. And cry to God for food. Hallelujah. But I will not tell you my problem. I tell you, it affects those kids for life. I've seen it ruin families, ruin children today that are crunched today because they hurt too much they couldn't deal with. Amen. And they sent the spies out. And the spies came back and said, There are giants in the land. It dawned me tonight at no time giants ever call themselves giants. Guess who called them giants? We call them giants. When I first moved to McMurray, I never heard these words before in my life. Pastor, I feel like I'm backsliding. I never heard them before. Honestly, never heard them before. Oh, Pastor, I'm having trials. I came out of a faith that word was never, ever used. I thought everything I experienced, it was just normal. I thought struggling with Satan was normal. Amen. Struggling with the works of the flesh was normal. Fighting for survival was normal. So to me, it was no threat at all. It was just, that's the way it is. Occupational hazard. That's the way she flowed. Just fight the good fight of faith. And think that all stand. When you got nothing else to do, just stand and be shot through. And that's all. Hello. But I came to make Mary and some new converts came in and they had a vocabulary I didn't know. I heard it up here. I'm sure it's true. I feel like failing. I feel like this 
What? It was never in the vocabulary. But the spies came and said, We saw giants. Now, when they said we saw giants, on their shoulders were blessings of fruit. They chose to focus on the giants and not on the blessing of Eshcol. Every person in this church that major on trials learned to major on minors and ignore the majors. We can't help you because the eyes are in your own head, not ours. My eyes affect my heart. And here they've got all this great fruit and nobody's talking about the fruit potential. But the giants. And they start crying and said, in our own eyes, in our own eyes, in comparison to those giants, we are like grasshoppers. I didn't know that I should think less of myself as a Christian so I can make merry. I thought we were just God's kids. God blesses us. God loves us. God's just crazy over us, you know. I've seen babies that poo their pants. And mom says, oh, my, my, my sweet little baby. I stinks it could never be. Stinking diapers. Oh, my cute little baby. There's no cuteness there. Just smell. But they look past that yellow stuff and saw beauty and washed it up and looked pretty good again. Hello? And church, I want to tell you, ten spies destroy, listen to me now, Two and a half million people. And make them die. It's not that they couldn't defeat those giants. It's because they forgot the Red Sea. They ignored the manna. The rocks that followed them. Why can't we go back to their own history? In time of strife. And said, my past victory can be hope for future trials. You know, I'm glad God, God can't get discouraged. Because God is like doctors. All they ever heard is, I'm sick. I'm sick. I promise you this week, if everybody goes to their doctor this week, doctor, feeling so great, there will be a lot of Drop dead doctors. Can't believe it. Wow. Everybody come to me sick. You see why doctors are sick? Because all they heard all day is, I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm sick. One guy said, one sickness at a time, please. I can't deal with two sickness in one day in one person. Smart doctor. Come back another day. Two is too much. And church, they put the giant ahead of their God. Let me tell you, you can see giants so much until they fulfill the screen that you can't see nothing but giants. You can't see beyond that giant screen. All I see is giants in there. And my eyes affect my heart. And the Bible said they rebel. And they died in the wilderness. Now the same thing is happening in the book of Judges. They got all these promises. And between them and the promise are giants. Read the book of Judges. Rather than struggle and fight for what God promised them, they gave in to the giants. And the giants lived with them to provoke them, became thorns in their eyes, and in their flesh, and they did not get the land that was theirs. Now, because they left it there, the Bible said, came a time in Israel, and Israel the king, and a big old guy called Goliath, big and tall, sorry, he was 12 feet, not just 10 feet, 12 feet tall, and weighed more than me in weight, and had a big body, Big and trampling and strong, having all this armory enough, amen, to make a scale says, Get off me, you weigh too much. 
And of all, you know, he could, he could walk around like this. Like those guys in the spacecraft movies. So he walked. And to make even more terrifying, it's all brass. And when the sun shines on it, can't imagine the intimidation that's going on. Hello. But God, God, overestimate and overrate us. At no time God felt like you are a loser. I want to ask you right now, if God is bragging on you, will you let him down? I tell parents, kids, live up to what you say about them. You say, you dumb kid, that'll be a dumb kid. You smart kid, that'll be a smart kid. What you say to that child is what a child becomes. So be careful what you're conditioning that child to become. And God has confidence in his people. And so God, if he knew we'd be a lamb chop for the giants, he wouldn't put you there. He wouldn't expose you to that kind of situation. And so Saul, who the people chose, he was tall. And of course, there are no giants in Israel except the man called Saul. And one day, the enemy came and said, Now, hey guys, hold it there, hold it. Why lose all these lives? Send me your champion. Mm. And guess who God chose? You. What you're going through right now, God chose you. Didn't choose Brother Neil. Didn't choose Sister Neil. He chose you for what you have to go through. Amen. The devil asked him for a champion, like he asked for Job. And God volunteered you. Hello? Forty days twice in a day. He comes forward and hear the words, church. Slay me or serve me. Now they're both on the hills of victory. Looking down in the valley. He said, I'm going to meet you in the valley. He doesn't want to fight you in the mountaintop. He wants to fight you in the valley. That valley name represents fear. I want to take you where there's fear and trembling. I want to fight you in the valley. Send me somebody who will stand up to me. Amen. Now, in your Bible it says here, 40 days he did this. Pastor, how long about to go through this? Until you defeat it. Now, when I got saved, I taught, was taught very early as a Christian, I said, what God taught you. God says, I don't care where you run. You've got to deal with it again. That's why I never quit a job over trials. I never run from it because I know it's going to show up somewhere else again. Because the devil goes everywhere. He's going to follow you. And it's either... Serve me or slay me. Because I don't leave voluntarily. I'm going to fight you all the way. So if you don't make up in your mind to struggle and fight and wrestle, then I'm going to overcome you. I'm going to take you by force. At will. Serve me or kill me. Forty days Saul wouldn't do it. His captains wouldn't do it. They got sword, shield, every armory God gave to them, and they wouldn't do it. And the Bible have a way of picking up the most unlikely candidate to face the most formidable enemy. Now here's David. Hallelujah. David somewhere watching over sheep, little boy, the least of all the jobs. In the kingdom of God. Shepherd. He's so unimportant that his brothers don't think highly of him. And the Bible says, God deliberately create an opportunity to show I've got a man somewhere. I'll tell you, you will never become God's man until you're a man of God. For God. God is looking for champions, not cowards.
God wants people that will stand the test amidst the struggle. Mm. And the Bible says, God said, David, your brother is hungry. They're hungry, rather. They need some food. I don't think they were hungry. God will create opportunity for you to prove your worth for leadership, for fellowship, for kingship. Amen. And for higher calling. Some people want to reign, but they don't want to be trained. Hallelujah. Israel wants the promised land, but they want to fight for it. You want freedom, but you don't want the struggle. You want the crown, but you don't want to run the race. Come on. <laughs> you want the fame, but you don't want the fight. It's not going to happen. There is no handout in Pentecost. Everything must cost you something. Now, David is naive, don't realize what's going on. But it all goes back to a day when God says, Samuel, I want to anoint somebody. You know, there's a reason why God anoints you. You know that? He anoints you to break yokes. He anoints you for powerful investment. Praise God. Didn't anoint you to sit in isolation. And the Bible said, when the time came for anointing, everybody discounted David on the account that he didn't count. Like you heard tonight, they discounted him. But they were looking on the outward appearance. But God is looking for a man. It's not the size of the fight, but the size of the fight in the man. The worst thing God wants me to say anytime I make marriage, oh God, the devil is after me. He's always going to get me. Oh God, I can't make it. God give me, get up. Get up. Give me a kickstart. Hallelujah. Get up! Stop that nonsense. Why do you think I anointed you? Hallelujah. I gave an anointing for a purpose. And when God put the anointing on David, David, it's not just to make you get wet with oil, but I'm preparing you for a throne. But David, between you and that throne is a giant. There's a giant! When I was learning to live for God, and arrows came at me, and sword came at me, I didn't call it those things like in the background. I learned what that is now looking back in retrospect, because, you know, your children are the best teacher they are. The best parenting is done by kids. Kids teach parents how to be parents. Do you know that? And in school, te people teach teachers how to be teachers. Hello? And by the time you learn how to be a good parent, it's too late, they're gone. And so to make it for your, for your success, God gave you grandkids because he's paying a reward for not killing your kids. I'm not lying. I was thinking this week. When, 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 when it got rough and tough and I was laid off and fired or no fire, but laid off. And because I took a decision for God and I knew it was going to cost me and God warned me before I did it. But he was testing me why calling me to this ministry. He said, if you stay, you're going to lose your job. And if you go, you may lose your call. So I stayed and I lost my job. And friend, it took a long time to replace what I lost. And then God is watching me. Hallelujah. Amen. You know what God says in prayer? Get up and fight back. Well, how God... Go knock doors. Go give tracks out. Don't sit there and boohoo about it. Praise God. And church, I remember one time I was doing that, and it one time too many, I walked right into a job. God said, spite the devil. How do you do it? Do godly things. Because the whole purpose of the devil is to hinder my climb. The devil's job is to block me from doing the will of God. 
and you got to fight against all evil. Because I found out Satan cannot be discouraged. He is coming back. He has no character about him. You kick him out all these men in town, he's coming back to the house. You can't discourage him. Hello? And so David was chosen. And God said, David, go down there and do this for your brothers. Through his father. And he went down there. And David says, whoa, what's going on here? This wall looks pretty interesting. The armors look nice, dressed up in their suits. And look good. And look great. And, but nobody's going around in the valley. Church, look to where fruit grows in the valley. Look to where you prove champions in the valley. Look to where champions are made in the battlefield. Huh? you got to be willing to go down with God in the battle if you ever want to climb. Jesus Christ said, if you want to sit on my seat, my friend, you have to drink from my cup. There's a cup that passed to you to make you sit right here where you can't sit there. It cost you something to sit in that situation. And David heard what's going on. said, 40 days? Saul, you are crowned king? Brothers, you're calling me a brat? But you're not brave? I'd rather be a brat and be brave? Hello? Then be a coward like his brothers were. They're bigger and tall, but they're cowards. Because Goliath is waiting for somebody to show up. And they wouldn't show up. And here comes little old David naive and said, Well, what's going on here? Who, by the way, what's, what's that guy saying? They said, that, that, that's, that's, that's Goliath. Who? Goliath. What's he saying? He's blaspheming the people of God. And I thought about what he's, what he's doing here. He's saying, Send me a man. Send me anybody. I want to fight with somebody. Anybody. Anybody. And David did something you guys don't do. People who quit and struggle always look from the bottom up. Israel, look at this man from the bottom up. He looks like a mountain. Hello? And that trembled their hearts. David had a different point of view. He looked from the top down. And like looking at an airplane, you couldn't see Goliath. Goliath looked like a little molehill. And not like some hill of aiming, like, you know, some, some great mountain. And they would say, just a minute, not all that. This guy is not even circumcised. Well, how do you know that, David? Uh, look at him privately. He's not circumcised. Some of you didn't catch on. Thank God for that. See, so you got a problem. You got a problem. And he's defying the army of God? Saul, where are you? Hello? And, uh, brothers, they're so bold and brave, where are you? And David said, what will happen to the man who killed that guy? Oh, thank God. Two cowards make equal failures. Hey, man. Well, you got a king's daughter, and you've been rich. Well, the rich sounds good, but king's daughter, she ain't worth that much. And furthermore, the king knows you will live, won't live long enough to bear my daughter because they'll be killed in the battlefield down there. He knew that. And they won't let long to collect what they're supposed to get. You can make a difference. You can change generational curse. That big giant in your ancestral background, that big giant in your family tree can be fallen. You can make the difference. You can rewrite the script. You don't have to be a victim of anything called a giant. You can say no. And walk away from it proud and have your dignity intact. 
you can be strong and courageous. And that's when success comes. The difference between a hero and somebody who died. A hero goes one minute longer. And David said, I will fight him. They said, well, David, your brother said, you're a brat, you're a naughty, you're a snotty nose. You're just a grocery delivery boy. Go home. Take care of the sheep. He said, don't worry about the sheep. i got something about taking care of those sheep. The issue is the cause. Church, when you fail God, it's not just you losing your crown. You embarrass God. You know the time there are crucifixion in churches? Every time a Christian backslides in their trial, you know what they just did? Crucify Christ a second time. Hello? And David said, look, I will fight him if nobody will. How do you know what you're going through? Others fail it. And God's counting on you or me not to fail him. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, they say, you can't do it. Thank God for these naysayers in the church. You always have those who know what you can't do. Never promoting what you can do. He said, I can't do it. Oh, you can't do it. Church, ignore them. They're already in bondage. They're not free. They belong to the nay group. And they said, I can't. And the word filtered down the line. It ricocheted down there to the king. And said, what? Who's this guy who wants to go fight? What? He said, no, no, it's just a lad. Just a lad. And when he looked at him, king says, listen to the church. Son, thanks, but no thanks. You're not able to fight him. Let me tell you, church, heroes are not made in the valley. They're made in the prayer room. <clears throat> Hello? The victory of Jesus was not on the cross. It was in the Garden of Gethsemane. When a Christian backslides, you're seeing somebody who does not have a strong prayer life. The problem is not a struggle. It's prayerlessness. There are no scriptures where Saul ever prayed. Saul depended on his flesh. The arms of flesh. And did never walk with God. And thinking his sword alone could do it till Goliath show up. Hello? You watch a person who don't pray. You watch a prayer room. And you watch how they pray. You know, they don't have touch with God. They're just putting in time. The devil is not afraid of you still. Because you know that's when the power comes in. You may have the anointing, but you'll be stirred up. And David, the Bible said, said, I'll go fight. In spite of all the opposition, you can't do it, David. You're not able to fight. They said, I can. If not, I'm going to do it for the cause. My word is victory or martyrdom. But I can't stand around and watch this happen. Church, God never intended you to be a lamb chops in the mouth of the dragon. You're not called to be a lamb chop to the devil. Tell the devil, this is one lamb chop you're not going to eat. I'm not going to be your meal tonight. I'm not your pong. And the Bible said, David insists, I will go fight. And all they could see was that dead corpse down there. Not sure, it's a valley. Oh, Christian lover, we preach on the mountaintop, blessing you, shout every other night except tonight. You don't want to go in the valley, right? And I'm invited down to the valley. That's where David learned the story. In the valley he restoreth my soul. Though I walk to the valley and the shadow of death of Goliath's possibility killing me, I shall fear no evil. In other words, I've got no fear in that valley because for me it's victory or martyrdom. And they, at the expense of the gospel, gave up, amen, God, and wouldn't go down. Now, church, tonight I want this church 
Make up in your mind. You're in the army. Quit you like men. Stop talking about you're going to struggle to fight. Fight. Fight, 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 fight. Never give up. Never give up. Never give in. Never quit. Never talk about it. Get up and fight. Be a man. Get a backbone. Come on, stand up for God. Square your shoulder back. And say, I'm prepared to fight. And there says, I'm prepared to go. Well, Saul come with all himself and give it to David. I have proven this and I'm not going to battle with it. In other words, don't go fight the enemy with unproven methods. Don't go without the anointing. Don't go without God's plan. Amen for that giant. I want to tell you, God need Goliath dead, but he wants something to put him out of his misery. Hallelujah. I can't do it. I can't do it. Not by might, not by human flesh. He backs it off. I say, God, there are five things that the, that this guy went for. Five stones. And here's my take on this. Number one, one stone represents I need a stone to defeat unbelief that will keep me from amen dominion. Number two, I want a stone that will deal with fear that could keep me small. I must overcome number three, the, 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 the spirit of discouragement that make me quit before victory arrives. Number four, I must overcome this negative self-concept. Amen. That give me that settlement of fear that I can't do it. I'm not the tail. I'm supposed to be the head. And number five, I want that, 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 that stone that give me power over temptation that said I will not live in God. I don't care if it's the first or the last day or a cross. I'm going to succeed no matter what it costs. Can somebody shout hallelujah? You don't remain a Christian without a resolution in your mind. Conviction, commitment it takes to be a child of God. I don't care if the 19 works of the flesh, you're going to say to it, you're not going to overcome me. Hallelujah. I must overcome unbelief, fear, discouragement, negative self-concept, and temptation. I must not live with God. And David said, pick up those five stones. Church, those stones are as big as a baseball. Not a little storm, big as a baseball. And the stand is not like the one with the V for victory like we use. You wrap them together. Amen. And we're swing it. And swing it. And he, he went down in the valley. No armory except the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord. We need to teach saints how to fight. Fight their flesh. Fight the devil. Fight the visible and the uninvisible. The tangible. Amen. We need to teach them. You know, it's like making the kids street wise. That just anybody can just kidnap them. Anybody can just grab them and, and, and deceive them. By the same token, church, it's about time you grow up. It's about time you stand up and live up to the fact that you got in war. It's a warfare. You fight the good fight of faith. God brought you for a fight. Stop complaining all the struggle. Quit you like men and be courageous and strong. Don't be a limp and a wino. Be a winner. Not a wino. You will never hear me as a pastor up here and tell you, Oh, say the devil got me beaten up. And I'm not worthy to preach to you. Hello? Well, church, I just, I just almost make it to church. No! No! Well, folks, I'm so sick. I can only make it. No! No! 
Great is the Lord and great is to be praised. I'm here to lift up Jesus, not lift up my infirmities. Hallelujah. Am I saying this to hide your disease and your sicknesses? No. I'm saying get rid of your unbelief, your fear, your discouragement. That's what kept Israel stand still. The devil is mocking them. But David says, I will go down in the valley. I'm going down in the valley. If I perish, I'll perish. But I'm going to defend the cause. Hallelujah. And he looked at Goliath, and God looked down on him. But David's eye was not on Goliath, was on his God. And they said, you know, this guy is uncircumcised. I am circumcised. I got an edge on him. I got the name of the Lord. It's a mighty tower. <laughs> hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. hallelujah. You know why God didn't want Gideon to have that army that he had? He wanted to go to battle with a bunch of wimps. Send the cowards home. Send the cowards home. I want to tell you, they're preachers that were a bunch of cowards. I met them all the time. Go around the pub. Well, folks, there's not enough of us here. We'll sing hymn number 25. Maybe we can have church today. Not Paul and Silas. Two blooded back guy in, in jail. It's well, folks, you know, our backs are bloody. That we, not, well, just scrap about it. No! They start singing a song. Huh? Hallelujah. And when they start singing, folks, God got involved. God started tapping his feet. He loved the lyrics. I've never met one choir on earth in any church who had the response that they had without music, without piano, without guitar. They were singing, amen, the greatest song of victory. Hallelujah. And jailhouse broke up. Chains fell off. I'm going to tell you, church, when you come in your trials, God told me, Trevor Neal, you stay in that trial as long as you want to, or as soon as you want to get out of it. The sooner you win, the better it is. Hallelujah. They sang a song of victory, and God got in the act and shook that place, and the chain fell off, and the door swung open. And a man got saved. Oh, hallelujah. It's not time to feel pity, my friend. You're a soldier. You're the army. Hallelujah. You got more than David had. You're a breastplate and a helmet and all that good stuff. David didn't have that, friend. All he had was a shepherd's sling. And the man started cussing David out. When he saw who was coming, he felt insulted. Oh, God, not insult the devil in his face. Sent a little boy, and a little boy looked at him, and not afraid, he ran. David ran to him. We run from problem. David run into it. He's running right into it. And shouting praise. I said, you come with your sword and whatever, and your shield, but I'm in the name of the Lord. Let me tell you something here. I've never been in a job and worried about being laid off. Why? When I got it, God gave it to me. They didn't do it to me. And they can't take it unless God take it back from me. I said all the time. They never fired me one time since I got saved. You know why? Because I said, God gave it. God can take it. Hallelujah. And if God would move me on, it's always to a higher job every time. Never a lower job. Always a higher paid, a better job, a better position. Hey, the people that know their God are strong. Strong. We're a strong God. And this, I can bring that devil down. They swung that thing and running, prophesied to him, looking at the Bible. They both were predicting on each other. But God want Goliath dead. And chose David to kill him. That stone hit him right in the forehead. God knows where to put your prayer. Let's worship God. I want you to see the picture, church. David, when he hit him, 
It hit him right in the forehead. He went over his bodyguard, over his shield, because he had to see David. Look, going to see David. And while looking down at David, looking up at him, and went, "You're too big to miss." Pow! And when David hit him with a stone, Goliath was stoned out of his mind, as if he was on drugs. He was stoned out of his mind. And they said, Goliath didn't fell backwards. They said he fell on his knee like this before David. <laughs> and David was looking at him as he was on his knees. And then looking at him and bowed and dropped. And David had to roll him over. And said, excuse me, please, let me your, ni- let me your knife, please. And David stepped on top of him. That's exactly what a bear does. When a bear got a trophy, you know what he does? He on, step on his prey. Is that true? Meaning what? Conquer. I caught, I came, I saw, and I conquered. David stepped on top of that bear, aiming at the man, took his sword out, and said, excuse me, please, and go click, and cut his head off, like you promised him. Took his head up, leave the body for the carcass, and for the fall of the air, and sew it around. When you walk out of your prayer room with victory over what you're going through, I want you to bring back the spoil of the triumphant head that you brought back. Come on, church. I say, I want you to bring it back and, and show it to the church. They uh, say, where have you been? I have been on the battlefield, and I won. I'm coming to a close. And they said, I won. I won. I won. I won. I won. Church, let me tell you, there are some battles that you got to fight and God wants you to go back like David said. I've brought down a bear. I've brought down a lion. And to me, you look no different. You're the same. I'm going to use the same method and bring you down. Now, church, David picked up that head and made what? What do you do with a head? When you kill a prized animal, what do you do? You take his head and you mount his. David went and mount his head. Ooh. Stick it on the wall. And took the sword of Goliath home. I love testimonies. The most dangerous time in any church is testimonial time. Oh, pastor, the devil's been chasing me all week. Bless his holy name. He almost got me. Oh, my God. I mean, he got me down. Oh, pastor, pastor, pastor. I was kind of a preacher. Some churches are so dangerous, the pastor has to point out who he doesn't want. Because the rest would destroy us. As if the devil is bigger than God. But before I close, here is how Saul died. Saul, who would not fight Goliath. Hello? The Philistines, with the help of an Amalekite, did to King Saul what David did to Goliath. Let's stand. And took his head off. Church, please don't come to church headless, please. I just get word I see bodies come through the building. You won't believe this, but I can tell from your prayer when you've been in hell and back. There's a voice volume change. There's a sound that you give Every true pastor can pick it up. I said, that one is going through hell. I better not make it testify tonight because it's going to be too long. Hallelujah. But church, there is no room for losers in Pentecost. Praise God. David never lost a battle. Let me not to home now. It's easy for David to fight 
the giant outside. But what about the giant on the inside? David could not handle the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Why would anybody in this church get hooked on pornography? A Christian? A pastor? A church leader? A song leader? A saint? What on earth are you doing watching those filth? Hello? Why are you getting stimulated from the wrong source? Well, I lost you now. It's easy to fight Goliath. But David could not deal with the lust of the eye. That's another giant that David couldn't fight. He fought the others all right. But he couldn't fight the rest. Porn. Lust. Internals. I don't know how you guys pray. I want to tell you, church, the devil knows where my mind is and where your mind is. Because we reveal it to him. We reveal it to the devil what we want to get involved in. He knows if we pray or if we don't pray. And David, when, when the king should go to battle, he didn't go to battle. He stayed home. When you should be doing Bible study, you're reading filthy magazine, filthy book. When you should be sleeping, you're chit-chatting with the wrong people. You can't spend that time talking with God when you're talking with the wrong people. That's another giant. Ooh, you used to kill the Philistines, but I killed the one on the inside. I know God's talking to people right now. That's the worst Goliath to deal with. Because you go to bed with it. Hello? And the list goes on, church. David end up, end up embarrassing God. Because the Bible says he sinned with Bathsheba. It led to murder. It led to lies and cover up. And then the sword never left his house. I don't know about you right now, but God's talking to somebody right now. Hallelujah. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness. I don't know about you, but I pray for God, I don't want to go to hell. Oh, God. I need help. I'm dealing with A, B, C, D. I don't want to go to E, F, G, H, I, D, K. Help me. Help me, God. What's my eyes? What they see? What's my ears? What the ears? What's my hand? What they touch? What's my mouth? What they speak? What's my feet? Where they go? For there's a God up above looking down and telling the love thing. Don't do it to yourself. Stop throwing mud at yourself. Would you buy his right now? Be honest. Nothing wrong with a struggle. It means that you're not yet captured. Nothing wrong with wrestling. It means you're still fighting for survival. But giving in is terrible. The sword never left his house. I can't let it happen to me. I don't know about you, but I hate snake. I will never pet it. And there are things in this world I will not pet. God took me off cigarettes. I'm not going back to it. I want to develop a hate for it. I want to hate what God hates. I want to love what God loves. Who's God talking to this morning, tonight? God's talking to someone here right now. There's a giant in your valley that you're struggling with. I don't care who's looking at me, who's watching me. All I know is I want to kill that giant. 
And I don't want to become a trophy in his house. Saul became a trophy. Saul could not kill the witch and Agag. And they made a trophy out of him. And Amalekite stood on top of his body like David stood on Goliath and took his head off to make a trophy in the house of Dagon. Come on, church. Who's God talking to right now? Goliath could be anybody, anything in your life. Whatever makes you feel vulnerable and weak. You see, God does not give up on us immediately when we fail. He waited for us to prevail. But does it mean He's not watching? Does it mean He's not disapproving of inordinate affection? Is there somebody here? And whatever it takes.